We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Derek Larger here as always. And today, guys, I have a very special guest, Alex, a.k.a. Hail Mary Sports. He is a uh, NFL draft analyst, sport writer for PTST and ATB, sports talk show host and YouTuber for Hail Mary Sports. How are you today, my friend? Doing great. Glad that you guys get to bring me on again. Welcome back, Colts fans. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to have some fun time today. I'll let you take it from here, though. All right. I appreciate it, man. Well, yeah, like you guys see from the title of the video, we're going to be talking a little bit about the left tackle group. I think that for as a series, guys, I think I'm going to start doing this with a few other positions that I think the Colts really could uh dip into in the draft. So I might have Alex, I might potentially ask you again at some point later in the week to talk about maybe some tight ends as well, because honestly, I think that uh, that might be something the Colts might dip into as well. But today, uh, we're just going to talk about the tackles. You know, the Colts haven't really gotten a perfect fit for a left tackle at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the left tackles that are available uh, will probably cost a pretty penny, and there's not a lot of them out there at the moment. So honestly, the Colts may just ride with Matt Pryor at the moment, but look for their future guy in this draft. We're going to look at a few names here. Here's a name that I think may go before number pick 42. Uh, I mean, at least that's what everybody is assuming. Yeah. And that's uh, Trevor Penning, uh, tackle out of Northern Iowa. I mean, basically from what I've gathered from this guy is everybody has seen the senior bowl highlights, you know, him throwing guys down to the ground. You know, he's got a mean streak about him. He's definitely the nastiest guy on the offensive line group, at least from what we can all see, uh, six, seven, 325 pounds, 34 inch arms, 10 and a half inch hand size. I mean, this guy's definitely got some great, uh, great size built to him. What's your opinion on uh, Trevor Penning as a left tackle? Okay, so I actually have Trevor Penning ranked a lot lower than most people. So I got media access to the Senior Bowl, so I got to watch every single rep. And Mm -hmm. what they give out to the public is straight up like a Just Bombs Productions video. It is Mm -hmm. like you they ignore every single rep except like the craziest ones. And I mean, when you, you talk about 
how he throws guys to the ground. He does that during games too. So that's a big plus about him. Mm-hmm. But one, that could be cold in calls. But two, we saw on Senior Bowl day one, this guy threw one of the edge defenders into the legs of Desmond Ritter. Yes. It's not the best situa- situational awareness. And yeah. I don't know if I want Matt Ryan <laughs> taking an edge rusher right to his knees at his age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he's one hell of a mean blocker, but he's super raw. He lost the majority of his reps at the Senior Bowl, which, granted, the drills are designed for you to lose. But I think that with the potential upside with his strength and if he does fall – so, Derek, I haven't told you this, but one of my buddies is is the scouting director for the 49ers, and mm-hmm. he was telling me last year when Tevin Jenkins, who I think is a very interesting comparison – uh, he yeah. started falling into the second round, and I was like, what the hell? What's going on? One, injuries was a concern, but two, it was personality. So I know that Trevor Pang's being mocked very high, and he still could go there. But with that mean streak, a lot of teams might think of him as a dirty player, and that might actually make him more of a viable pick for somebody like the Colts. And that is where you can take a shot on him rather than Matt Pryor. So, yeah, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, you're right when it comes to – uh you know, there comes a time when it's okay to be, you know, that nasty player when at the mm-hmm. same time, you're right. I saw that clip of, yeah. you know, him throwing uh, one of the Buckeyes edge rushers straight mm-hmm. into Desmond Ritter. I was yeah. saying the same thing. I'm like, that's cool and all, but like, is that really worth throwing it into the quarterback who's one, not even preparing for it? Yeah. And like w- that could potentially hurt somebody and ruin their career forever. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's not cool. And the fact that people are glamorizing it, uh, just ignoring the pop, the fact of that is, is bad. But yeah. you know, from a, uh, from a sheer production standpoint, I mean, 2020, 2021, I mean, this guy definitely was, uh, like one of the best guys out there. I mean, they said his uh his run blocking grades from Pro Football Focus actually had his run blocking grade as one of the best run blocking grades that an offensive lineman out of college has ever had oh, yeah. in 2020. And then obviously 2021 he got better. So I mean, you know, taking the mean streak and stuff out of it, I mean, do you think that Trevor Penning could be a guy that, you know, could be a left tackle for somebody in the near future? Absolutely. And especially when you could ride pretty hard on Jonathan Taylor in that run game and allow Trevor to be able to develop next to guys like, I mean, obviously Quentin Nelson, pretty mm-hmm. damn good mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think the ceiling is pretty damn sky high. And for a team that doesn't have a very high expectation for left tackle, mm-hmm. it's a good spot. Definitely over the Chargers where you have to move him to right tackle immediately. That's something that I had a big concern with, but it's for another team for another video. Gotcha. All right. Well, the next guy that we can talk about here is uh, Tyler Smith, mm. tackle out of Tulsa. That's my boy. Uh, 6'5", 330 pounds. Mm. Uh, from what I gathered from this guy, um, a tremendous run blocker. Uh, mm. Pass blocking is about average. I yeah. think everyone just talks about his aggressiveness in the run blocking department. They say that he's he's got a heavy uh, hand. He's definitely got... Uh, the ability to move anyone on the offensive line. It's just at a point where sometimes his technique lacks because of that aggressive nature. Am I right in saying that? Absolutely. So I haven't told you this, but on my big board, he's number 18th overall. So I was a big fan of him back in November and December. You guys can check the tweets out. It's a Mm -hmm. a literal record of everything I do, but I fell in love with him. And 
I'm going to be honest, I don't think he's a left tackle for the first two years of his career. But again, if you're willing to take a shot on somebody like Trevor Penning, I think Tyler Smith's ceiling is exponentially higher. I think he's going to be great as a guard in the short term. But if you stick him at left tackle, beware of holding penalties because he had 16 of them against sub-NFL caliber production. But I've never seen a player who is that powerful except Ike Iquanu. Like, he is on another level. And he just, I think he had the biggest uh, big-time blocks out of anybody in Power 5 So and Group 5. So good for so him. So is that... Yeah. Is that what puts him? Because uh, I've seen the same thing before too. Like people have him kind of mocked down, but they say if his uh, workouts and everything go the way they think, mm-hmm. then he could potentially skyrocket back into the first round. Because I mean, yeah. everybody's waiting to see those athletic results. I mean, what is it specifically that puts him that has him there, but has people thinking if he does this, then it markets marks it back him to yeah. the uh, first round. What what sets him apart? So I'll reference Kenyon Green here in terms of the production in athletic testing. So we all know Kenyon Green is a pretty damn phenomenal guard, but his best play was at tackle this year, at left tackle. And he went toe-to-toe with Will Anderson, who should be arguably the number one pick next year, and let up zero pressures. Problem is, he ran very slow. So that kind of limits your ceiling as a tackle because, well, if you can't move, you're going to get bended by guys who are NFL talent. That's going to be what's up with Tyler Smith. That's why he held a lot. He has very poor mechanics in terms of lateral mobility, and that allows him to get to use his hands as more of a safety measure. And that's what gets flagged a lot in the AAC. So that's the big reason. If they see that he has that athletic profile, it shows that he's not going to be just a pure guard at the next level. Gotcha. All right. That's very interesting. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Uh, let's go and move to the next guy here. So let's talk about the most massive human being that I think I have ever seen. Uh, and <laughs> this guy, this guy's definitely the most massive human being coming into this draft. Yep. And that's Daniel Fahalale yeah. uh, from Minnesota, mm-hmm. six foot eight, 385 pounds. Dude has an 86 inch wingspan, 35 and a half inch arms and 11 inch hands. I mean, Alex, when you hear those dimensions, just how in shock are you that that's a human being playing football? It is shocking to say it the least. Like, it is unbelievable that a human can actually be as athletic as he is as well at that size. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's truly insane. And, you know, I mean, that's what everybody's talking about, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the size. And when when you're that size... It really, it's a lot of times it doesn't matter who lines up in front of you. It's mm-hmm. hard to get around a guy that size because he's just oh, yeah. so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, people have said, you know, because of that size, he's sometimes his mechanics go out the window. Sometimes he's not as strong as he could be because he relies on the weight a lot more often than mm-hmm. uh, actually the strength that he has. So, I mean, what what do you say about his mechanics? Because I've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. say, you know, at the senior bowl, he was okay. He didn't like dominate anybody. And, yeah. you know, sometimes his feet get stuck in the ground in pass protection. I mean, yeah. what do you say about him? So I'll, I'm taking this directly from my scouting report of him. I give him a three out of 10 on mechanics. The guy absolutely doesn't know how to play tackle, which is a great thing because he plays right tackle and you'll need to move him to left. So it's not like you're going to be saying like, oh, what if he loses mechanics? Doesn't have him in the first place. <laughs> okay. he made Jesse Lucada look good in the senior bowl. You're not drafting this dude to have him be a day one impact. You're pretty much hoping that he becomes who's that left tackle on the Eagles. I'm bugging on his name right now. 
Oh my goodness. I know. Uh, it's, like, it's like right there. And I talk about Jason Peters. Was that was I the know. comp you were talking about? No, 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 no. The oh, current left tackle. Oh, Jordan Mylotta. Oh man, yeah. I know the name, but I forget. I'm blanking. Yeah, it's Jordan Mylotta. Um he that's the guy who I kind of comp Daniel Fai to because honestly, they both didn't really play football that much. And it shows in their in their styles of play. But in a couple of years' time, you mold them properly. It's definitely something that could be a very valuable asset. In the second round, definitely say it's a bit rich, even though it's the I know PFF likes to talk about this, the not many people on this earth comment where there's not that many people Daniel Philele's size, but it's pretty pretty rich move to be able to go after someone who's not going to be able to play maybe one or two years just because he's a really big dude. So you think that this is more of a, a round three potential guy oh. that should be looked at? I have a weird feeling he could be falling out of day two. Just, okay. I mean, the okay. size is ridiculous, but at the same time, there are some tackles in this class that do have a lot more skill. And yeah. finally, going to have to move from right to left tackle in this situation. That's going to be an even bigger learning curve than the one he's already on. Well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's it's much easier if he was transitioning from high school to college because, yeah. you know, at least with at least with college, you know, a lot of times you're facing guys that still have not developed a lot of skill. But mm-hmm. in the NFL, every edge rusher you face has skill. And those guys are going to be able to take advantage of somebody like Daniel. So, okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, let's move on to the next guy here. That is Rasheed Walker, tackle out of Penn State. Six foot six, 312 pounds. He's really walking on edge for me as like whether or not the Colts would even consider him at a tackle position because 312 is still kind of, it's still kind mm-hmm. of small. For yeah. tackle sake, uh, at yeah. least for a left tackle sake, if that's where you wanted to put him. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, he does have a, a lot of experience with the Nittany Lions. Uh, what's your opinion on Rasheed Walker? He's not in my top 200. I absolutely despise this man. Wow. From the moment I started watching him at the beginning of last year when he was hinted at being a first round pick, it's like I just watched him. The form's not there. You, the football IQ is honestly the only thing that actually is kind of a positive. He actually does look like he understands what's going on. But, you, I mean, I watched the Michigan game um, twice because obviously I wanted to look at Ojabo as well as um, Aiden Hutchinson versus Rashid. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. Like, it, it was just, you could tell he wasn't built for NFL talent. And similar, I mean, I have a lot more faith in Filele just because of, I mean, there's not many people built that way. There's right. a lot of people built 6'6", 312. And yeah. Man, Walker has a big learning curve. I'd be surprised if he's tackle three on a roster. All right. All right. That's a very interesting point there. Uh, I know that, I mean, Rashid Walker, I know for uh, Walter Football and a few other people actually have Mm -hmm. him as like the 10th ranked uh, offensive tackle, which would normally have put him inside the 150 uh, area. But that's very interesting. I'm I'm very interested to hear that uh, from that. But Let's go to another guy here that I think could be a a third rounder that Mm -hmm. I actually thought that uh, the Colts could potentially look at this guy if he fell to the third round. And that is Abraham Lucas tackle Mm -hmm. out of Washington state. Uh, Obviously the athletic abilities there. Um, He's he ran a four, nine at the combine six, six, 320 pounds. You know, he's got the good size. Um, 
he's just one of those guys that to me, it just seems like he does pretty much everything good. He just doesn't excel really at anything at the moment, Mm -hmm. but he's one of those guys that I think that with your, with his athletic ability and, you know, being able to be mentored a year or two under a system, I think he could get to be really good. The only Mm -hmm. problem is he's a, you play right tackle for, (laughs) for Washington state for most of the time. So, you know, transitioning him from right tackle to left tackle, that would be very interesting uh, to see how he would do with that. Yeah, I mean, Abe is just barely out of my top 64. Um, I've been a big fan of him the whole time. You know, he's one of those dudes who's a plug-and-play player. I realize that there's not very high of a ceiling on him. Honestly, when you watch him play, you can just tell when somebody has that it factor as a tackle. It's why, honestly, a lot of people do like Rasheed Walker is because sometimes he pops, but well, that that's for another video, another time. But Abe Lucas is just a dude. He's plug-and-play. He's going to be ready day one. I'm honestly not that worried about him moving from right to left just because he just has honestly all the mobility skills you're looking for. He has the experience as well. And I just, I don't know. He looks like he understands how to track players from left to right. I feel like he can do the same right to left. Gotcha. My dream yeah. I mean, that's always been the, uh, that's like becoming the new argument for yeah. offensive line nowadays. Like if you're a right tackle, can you play left tackle for mm-hmm. me? That's, kind of becoming the new normal um, in the NFL. I mean, yeah. hell, we b- drafted Braden Smith as a right guard uh, yep. in 2018, and now he's our right tackle, and he's <laughs> he's getting paid $18 million a year now, so he does a yep. pretty dang good job at it. Mm-hmm. Um, one other guy that I uh, wanted to mention, and then you can get yeah. into some names that I know you have, yeah. uh, and I know this guy because I'm an Ohio State guy, and that is Nicholas Petit Furry, uh, yeah. left tackle, or basically just a guy that played practically everywhere on the offensive line for Ohio State. You know, 6'5, 315 pounds. You know, for me, he screams a lot of like a guy like Abraham Lucas and Rasheed Walker. He's kind of a, uh, you know, he's smart. He understands uh, the assignment of what needs to be done. But for me, he just, doesn't seem to have that it factor like you mentioned with Abraham Lucas. For me, Nicholas just a lot of times, especially when he was a, I think it was when he was a junior, I thought he did a much better job of showing, you know, that ability to protect the outside and, Mm. you know, had a little bit more pop to him. Mm. And then this last year was pretty underwhelmed by how many times he got beat, especially on the inside by edge rushers. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I know some people have him as like the sixth or seventh best tackle. For me, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even put him inside uh, my top 10, to Mm. be honest. He drops a lot for me. And that's hard for me to say because I'm a Buckeye homer. I Mm -hmm. love the guy. But for me, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust having him on my team at the second or third round right now. Well, Derek, this is why I love this industry. One, I'm a Buckeyes fan as well because my brother-in-law graduated there for medical school. So go Buckeyes. But I have him as my tackle four. And this is why. So you, I, I love this industry because you can watch the same tape and come away with two different opinions. I actually did see some pop from him. The problem is it wasn't consistent enough. That's the big risk that you're taking. Against Rutgers, against Penn State, and against men, those were all his grades graded terribly probably the best competition. That's not a very con- very good sign, but when you mm-hmm. watch some of the high-end reps that he has, which you can train to be able to reduce the low-end reps, 
you could probably get a top. I had said he could be a top 10 player in the class. If he actually, if you throw out those three games, which, I mean, again, you could throw out Malik Willis's three worst games, he'll be the number one pick. But right. if, you look, if you look and see even the positive reps in those three games, there were some things that were just technically flawless. He would look comfortable, use his length properly, hand placement on point. He looked like he'd be a, a five-star NFL tackle. I have more faith that, of him at right tackle, though. I will just say that I don't like the inconsistencies with him at left solely because of the fact that if you do have an inconsistency probability that you're going to let up a rep that goes right to the quarterback is high. The quarterback can't evade it. Like he doesn't see it coming all the time. That's a lot more risky, but if he fails at right tackle, at least it's in the line of sight. So (laughs) if the Dolphins didn't get Teron Armstead, maybe this wouldn't be a bad idea, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. Really true. Apologies about that. So do you have do you have any uh, left tackles that we haven't mentioned that you feel in that second to third round range could actually still be there for the Colts to potentially take a look at? So um, Bernard Ryman is a guy who I want to bring up. He's another guy who's extremely raw coming out of this draft. He played tight end like less than three years ago, but. A pretty damn solid athlete. He tested worse than people expected, but I honestly didn't see him having tight end athleticism on tape. But he's somebody who is still a little bit raw, but he's a lot more technically sound than guys like Trevor Penning and Daniel Filele. And he's a true left tackle, so that's that's a good positive trait. And he graded out extremely highly for PFF, number 13 on their big board. But again, when you watched how he played in the senior bowl every single rep, he only had two reps that he won. And that's a big issue for me that might actually drop him. And again, these issues will end up becoming positives for a team like the Colts that are waiting in the second round to like lurk and just completely snatch a dude who should be a first-round talent. So Ryman, again, another one of those guys who's on the curve. And I'll just say this, Derek. Uh, we didn't talk about this before. When you say that, like, oh, well, some people have um, Rasheed Walker's tackle 10, it's not a big surprise. I'm going to be honest here. Tackle class isn't good. You have the top three dudes, and then after that, it's, it's a crapshoot. And Kenyon Green was my tackle four until he tested like a five, two. And I'm like, great. Love that. But like, that's what we're dealing with right now. So maybe next year's class will be better in depth. It's not better at the top. I'll tell you that right now. But yeah, I mean, Bernard Ryman's good. Another guy who I want to bring up here is Kelly. He's out of Arizona. He's going to be a pro ready tackle. Not a huge fan of his anchor. He is about 300 pounds. So he's a bit lighter, but He's somebody who's a lot more technically sound. If you need someone to play day one, it's probably one of the best things that you can do for your roster. Um, another guy, if you want to develop him, and uh, not Andrew Stuber, Braxton Jones. He's a dude who flashed quite a bit at the Senior Bowl, but also had some pretty poor reps. This class, you're, you're just taking a shot on, dude. Matt Willetsko. I mean, I could throw any name in here. They could be a top 10 tackle. But the guys who we talked about are the real big hitters, and Bernard Ryman is probably the one guy who we didn't exactly go into depth with that is in legitimate consideration for the second round. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, I think that's it for uh, the tackles that I wanted to discuss. Any guys that we thought could have been left tackles. Do you uh, do you have any other guys or anything else that you want to mention about this tackle class before we finish it up? Yeah, actually, there's two guys who are in the guard consideration that I would put into tackle. And that is Jamari Sawyer. Obviously, he had some pretty poor reps in the, uh, in the natty, but... I mean, you saw David Ojabo as well as Aiden Hutchinson didn't do too well. Uh, my buddy Broshmo is not really a huge fan of him because they like to line up tight ends next to him. That mm-hmm. might be something to consider. But 
my one of my favorite guys who I think could still be a left tackle in the long run is Sean Ryan out of UCLA. I don't know if you've studied him yet. That guy's a straight mm-hmm. up mammoth as well. Six foot five, three hundred twenty one pounds, and he played left tackle, and he's pretty much Kayvon Thibodeau's pure kryptonite. Like the guy's absolutely phenomenal. He just has a couple things that he needs to tweak before he's tackle ready. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, those are the guys. Yep. And, you know, I mean, that's not uncommon. I mean, you know, Quentin Nelson uh, was mainly a guard at Notre Dame, but, you know, played some left tackle even in high school as well. And, you know, played it a little bit and he's and and hell, even for the Colts when in 2020 uh, had to play left tackle for a few series when Anthony Costanza went out. And, you know, everyone everyone has been saying it's about time that we start making Quentin Nelson our left tackle, even though. Ballard has said that he's not doing that in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you think that would be a smart idea? Just since I have you already on here, 100%. Do, is it you think it'd be a smart idea to think that it's sh- that you should put Quentin Nelson at left yeah. tackle, knowing that he probably could do it because mm-hmm. of you know just his nature of how good he is? Or yeah. do you think that it's probably just for the best to leave him at his natural position? I'll say this. In the long run, it really depends on the guy you draft, for one. In the long run, I think him at guard is obviously the best option. You don't put a Hall of Famer out at tackle and just say, screw it. You know, like, it's working. The guy's going to be in, wearing a gold jacket the, the first time he can get a chance. If you get someone like Tyler Smith, Sean Ryan, I think it would be a brilliant idea because then they're being trained by Quentin Nelson at a position Quentin Nelson is extremely familiar with. And then they can swap back once they're ready. So... I mean, so sort of like the yes and no to that question. Gotcha. All right. Well, Alex, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to join me once again. Like I said, I'll probably ask you to hop on with me again about the uh, tight ends when we get to it. But uh, I greatly appreciate you coming on here and talking some tackles with me. Of course. Thanks for the invite. Glad to always join. Absolutely. Well, let me know, guys, in the comments what you think of this tackle class. If there's some guys at 42 or 73 that you feel that the Colts should attack, uh, let me know. Thank you guys again so much. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.